The fastest goals. The expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Just approaching the second half of the three o'clock kickoffs across Scotland. Let's try and speak to David Freel. Are you back underway yet? Not yet, Andrew. We're just waiting to see if Motherwell are making any subs. The players, the subs are out warming up just now, but we were not maybe a couple of minutes away from being back underway. I'd imagine. How how's it looked there? St Mirren on top. Motherwell needing to possibly make some changes at half time. Would you expect any? Yeah, I would expect two or three potentially. Yeah, just speaking to people at half time, um, Motherwell just haven't got going. But you need to give full credit to St Mirren. As I said, they've been really good form coming out of the game. Two wins out of two in the league, top their section. They've just picked up where they left off. I mean. Stephen Robinson's built a really good side, but they've got a system that works. You know, he's signed well. Conor McMenamin, really good again. Caelan Boyd has been excellent. Really, really classy footballer. And Motherwell just haven't got going. I mean, they've, they've reshaped their, their back line. And because of Papa Suari being out, Paul McGinn's actually moved over to the left. And it means they've actually had to change two centre-half positions as well. And I don't know, it just looks a bit disjointed. I think they do miss Lennon Miller. As I said, I could understand why he was maybe rested in case of burnout. But I, I do think they've missed him in midfield. And up front, Connor Wilkinson and Theo Baird have offered absolutely nothing. Alex Gogic walking about with the cigar out, Andrew. So, you know, it's it's all in Motherwell's hands to try and make something from this game because right now St Mirren are well on top. Yeah, I mean, Mark O'Hara, St Mirren's captain, obviously missing for this game, probably out for a couple of weeks. But you mentioned Caelan Boyd once there, really showing what he can do in the middle of the park. Yeah, he is. And I think, as you were talking about earlier on, you know, he's been waiting for his chance. He was signed last season with a view to this season. He's obviously had to get up to speed. I don't think he's said so much, too much football. But, you know, left-footed player, easy in the eye, takes free kicks, corners. And, and when the ball fell in for the goal, you can see the highlights. I mean, it's an absolutely stunning strike. I was talking to John Hillcoat, a former St. Man keeper, a man of many clubs in the lower leagues, and he said to me, you'd need two keepers to, to try and save that. You know, it was it was an unbelievable strike. And you know, it was at least St Mirren deserved. You know, they could be two or three ahead here. As I said, Motherwell haven't had a single shot on goal. And it looks like Bear and Wilkinson are back out for the second half, which I am surprised about. Well, there we are, just about to get underway again between St Mirren and Motherwell. Of course, Airdrie, Ross County, and Livingston Air United. The other games surprised, maybe, that there's no change at half time for Motherwell, that Micah Beareth doesn't look as if he's coming on anyway. Yeah. Um... I'm surprised with that decision, especially hearing David talk about the two front men uh, at Motherwell. Uh, it was the same last Sunday when I was watching them against I didn't think they offered a lot, but uh, Wilkinson got a goal, uh, which you know gave, gave him a bit of confidence. Uh, Bear come off that day and the substitution was made. The impact was immediate. Uh, he lifted the full team not just the forward line so I would imagine another 10-15 minutes now, there must be if there's no improvement there must be a substitution ahead yeah definitely no Beareth still on the bench confirms David Freel and we are back underway for the second half Clyde One Super Scoreboard Goal Flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy get your essential medicines and vaccines before you head off on holiday Underway for those second halves And it'll be interesting to see what happens Team's still not out yet at Airdrie Ross County That one running slightly behind But can you see Airdrie getting back into that one at all? No, mm, they need a goal quickly um, They need that pitch to kick in, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And, and well, start playing up a bit Lindsay's hoping they don't because she's the news to read at half five um, <laughs> But I think that if there's any hope at all they need to get the next goal and they have to get it quickly but if Ross County come out 
and they've obviously controlling the game if they score the next one it's, it's all it over. sounds like they're good for a fourth goal rather than Airdrie good for a second one do you know what I was going to say joking about the pitch but see at Airdrie it's a, a huge area and I think teams like Ross County when they've got that creative spark in them thriving uh, places like that going away from home and, and can knock it about so fancy them strongly well, let's get this underway as well. The second half teaser. With the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. For the best football news and opinion online. I have played alongside Barry Ferguson and Darren Huckerby. I've been managed by Ian McCall and Alec McLeish. I was initially sent on loan to the club where... I would go on to make my record number of appearances for. I have played European football for two different clubs, but have never scored. Who am I? So, played alongside Barry Ferguson and Darren Huckerby, managed by Ian McCall and Alec McLeish, initially sent on loan to the club where I would go on to make my record number of appearances, and I've played European football for two separate teams, but have never scored. Who am I? Yeah, good one, that. I appreciate it. It's quite wordy, so go to at Clyde SSB. You'll be able to see that in written form as well, and that's where you need to tweet us the answer as well. Make sure to get in there first as well, and you can get on <clears> the <throat> podium. A quizzical look from Gordon DL there. A lot of information to absorb, though. Yeah, I'm just going to take my time. It's like a jigsaw. Start with outside and work in. Yeah. I'm narrowing it down here. What's yeah. the outside pieces here <laughs> you're starting with? Just so I can I'm going to start get the same the, wavelength. I'm going to start with the players he played with. I'm narrowing down the clubs with the managers that that he played under. Good strategy. I yeah. like that. Colombo. Yeah. Watching Colombo at work. <laughs> Could you read the question? SSB, it's written out there. Looking forward to seeing who can get that one. You're looking pretty confused as well there, Mark. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. a lot of info. Last week's one was difficult as well. Hughes obviously stepping up and uh, just uh, start with Barry Ferguson, Darren Huckerby. Huckerby's a big one. Alec McLeish, Ian McCall. Ian McCall. Ah, Ian McCall's the one that's. I've thrown it a little bit, yeah. I've got to say, it's a Brighton Hugh. Oh, look at that. Whoa. <laughs> what a first name. Yeah. Great. Pervis. Pervis. <laughs> Not many Pervises about these days, is there? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm really happy, not only for my grandkids, but, uh, you know, the. the Brighton have made an absolute fortune this window A fortune Hundreds of millions of pounds Not just in this window as well Across the last year Just yeah. see just from Chelsea The money for manager, backroom staff Various players yeah. it's Well, they've went, they've went around it the wrong way They should actually just go for the recruitment team Chelsea yeah. yeah, You know, because they've tried the manager They're buying the players I think it's from the top down though It's Tony Bloom, the owner Who... Is basically the mastermind behind it all. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. But he's going out and watching the games and. No, no, no. Them. But he basically has the whole the whole setup. He's essentially. the mo- he's the money ball mm, guy. Yeah, he was a, a big gambler. I think yeah, that's how he made his yeah. money. Well, get him in. I mean, Chelsea are if they're spending seven hundred million in transfer windows. Get, then why, why get would he give it up if they're just making hundreds of millions of pounds? But, but it's not going in his pocket, is it? Just no. He's the owner. Well, maybe I'll in his pocket. <laughs> Give up. We've got a vegan menu at uh, the Amex. Is that right? Really? Yeah. yeah, for the supporters. A vegan menu. 
one of the answers for the first half teaser, Duncan Ferguson. He was at yeah. Forest Green Rovers, wasn't he? Promoting the. Didn't, didn't stay vegan. long, did he? No, he wasn't. No. It was a sad one for Dunk. It did seem like a bit of a clash of personalities, maybe. Yeah. Dale, was it Dale Vince or Vince Dale, whoever, whichever way it was, uh, who owns Forest Green? He looks a bit of a handful. <laughs> No early goals across Scotland in the second half so far. Already five minutes in in some of those games. And of course, the three three o'clock matches in the League Cup as well. Some good games to look forward to tomorrow as well, Hugh. Brilliant. Uh, obviously, Kilmarnock Celtic. Derek McInnes has been trying to fire up his players by going back to the Cup semi-final last season when Kilmarnock really ought to have had a penalty when uh, Giacomacus went into the back of Joe Wright at Hamden. Uh so that's intriguing but most intriguing of all will Celtic go with a central defensive partnership of Mike Nabrotsky and Gustav Lagabielka because Stephen Welsh is out for two months now Carter Vickers no one's saying just how bad this hamstring problem is but he's certainly a non-starter uh, you could have Liam Scales you could have Iwata playing in central defence but if you have spent millions of pounds on Gustav Lagerbielka and Mike Navrotsky, then get them in. Lagerbielka, straight in for you, Mark? I think so. Why not? Agree with Hugh. If you've spent millions of pounds on them, uh, and your kind of hand is forced with it anyway. So ideally, you would say, bring them in, get them to know the players in the club and bed them in as time goes on. But sometimes your hand's forced and sometimes that works out the best way. It goes in you know, and he has to do a job straight away. So I would expect that. Celtic find themselves in an unfortunate position with their centre halves. Just all of a sudden, everyone's picking up injuries. But they've acted quickly to get Lager Bielka in after Starfield departed. If you're Derek McInnes or any commandment player, you are entitled to say, oh, boo hoo. You've lost a couple of centre halves. You've only got these two who cost you £7.5 million. Pounds. Is that all you've got? I'm not sure there's many complaints about it, though. It's just the, the debate about whether a new player starts or not. Well, like because Celtic still do have options. Yuki Kobayashi could play. Liam Scales could play. But I think joining the dots, it maybe doesn't look as if they have much of a future at Celtic. Tomorrow's match is not the match for Kobayashi. He does not have the physicality about him. Um, Kyle Vassell would have him all over the place. Um... Liam Scales why would you spend £7.5 million on two centre-backs and play someone that you've just brought back from his loan spell at Aberdeen and might send them back out to Aberdeen so I really do think you won't get a second chance at this if you don't play them together and take your chances and you go out then that's you People talk about you know throwing a player in on an artificial surface but mm. I think they're quite prevalent in Sweden He'll have played on them quite a lot, so he's also you know mid-season as well. They're a summer season over there, so he should be up to speed. I think he's a certainty to start. I think Mark makes a good point that your hands forced. I think that they brought him in um, to be that player with probably Carter Vickers, maybe forming that partnership. So yeah, I, I know it's I know it's it's not the ideal situation because uh, everybody talks about the pitch away from home at Camarnock going to be a difficult game. But there's nothing better for a player to get thrown in at the deep end. Let's see what you've got. He surely can handle that. He's came at a big cost. He's came with high prospects. I think he'll play tomorrow. That's the point exactly, Gordon. When Celtic played at Aberdeen last weekend, Jack McKenzie, the Aberdeen player, said after the game, 
that he felt and other Aberdeen players felt that a few of the Celtic players were toiling with the intensity of it all. Now, if you're toiling with intensity and you have Rangers to come at Ibrox on the 3rd of September and the Champions League draw is going to be made a few days before that on August 31, if you're toiling with intensity, you're of no use to Celtic. Hold on a minute. Jack McKenzie said that after the game. Yeah. He's been beat 3-1. So if they're toiling with intensity, where does that put his own side? That's that's more a concern for me. I suppose people would then point to the fact that you know Celtic are expected to win the game. They've got a much bigger budget. But oh, I, did, I mean, when you're on the field eleven v eleven, you know players don't chat to each other on the pitch about budgets. You got to do the job to be beat three one and come out and say, by the way, that opposition that beat us were toiling with intensity. Mm, yeah, it's not a great look after you've just so. lost three <laughs> one. Uh, half a chance up. for Airdrie there. Craig Watson shoots wide from a tight angle. Stephen O'Donnell has been booked for Motherwell as well. And a good save by Zach Hemming from Theo Bear. A 25-yard volley tipped over. Wasn't involved too much in the first half, mm. Theo Bear, but he's had a chance there. Yeah, look, he got off to a great start up at Dens Park. Got his first goal just on the stroke of half-time. Uh, it was well documented. He's not a prolific goal scorer, um, as his record shows. Um, but... As I say, I watched him at Fir Park. I was re- very disappointed in him. Uh, I think there's more to his game than what he showed that day. He gets substituted, but it's a good opportunity to you know get get back on the, the the horse this afternoon and get a goal and get your team right back in this cup tie. Yeah, well, Motherwell they are pushing. Dan Casey heads wide from a corner, and they have made a change. Who's coming on, Gordon? No idea. Lennon well, Miller. I thought I, I was setting yeah, up for you to say like a beer there. <laughs> There's absolutely no chance I'd have fallen into that. Hey, Lennon Miller. Good, good to is see him. Coming on, on. for Davor Zrakovsky. Well, what's the surprise I'm not playing? David said about, you know, he understood Burnout. about Burnout. Not for me at this time of the season. Young players need to play football, you know, especially when they're not that high a, a break into the first team. Like Stuart Keltwell knows how to handle young players, but. I don't think there's any chance that uh, Lennon Miller will be thinking, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. And He's been pivotal as well. Yeah. It's not as if it's a, a 16-year-old that's just getting some game time. He's been contributing in a big way. Too. Yeah. He's a good well, player, you know, boy. He's a very, very good player. We watched a 16-year-old play for Rosenberg against Harps, who looks a truly gifted footballer who will be a, a global sensation. And we... I, I go back to this point about cutting players slack Lennon Miller's days away from his 17th birthday that doesn't make him an old man but we've got to trust him you know and you know if I think you do have a duty to protect young players though as well yeah yeah, you can protect young players in January February if they've been playing week in week out yeah. but come August. on come on you're, you're kidding yourself on how many first team games the boy played he's 17 his next birthday not that far away there's absolutely no chance you're looking and thinking, we'll protect him of a burnout here. That's nonsense. Even in a modern day game. And the young boy will be bursting to get on there and play as much football. When you were 16 and 17, you would play three games a week. You know, you're desperate to play. I know you, the game's You then see changed. it quite a lot at times as well, where players will play a lot when they're 16, 17, and they, they do have that burnout towards the end of their career that they end up paying for it towards the end of the career. They don't have the longevity of, of players that have maybe been eased how many, in. How many games has he played this season? 
He's probably played four or five. I'm thinking about there in the long go. run. Maybe this is the plan across the season: is not to play him every single game. Maybe it's to I play a few. I don't think you play every single game. I'm not saying that, but to turn around and yeah, we're still in August. He's played about four games, if probably round about that. And to talk about we need to protect him of a burnout, I think's absolutely nonsense. Well, you have a look David at those. Frills. <laughs> Listen, let's just not Why didn't I say that? <laughs> well, you have a look at those mighty seagulls. He, did, he, he, he does say that Motherwell are starting to play a bit uh, now as well. Whether da- that's David's a... gone. When I said burn, I didn't even really mean burn. <laughs> But listen, uh, Motherwell won't get a second chance to remain in the competition. So mm, get him on yeah. because he's he might be the, the the one that keeps you in the competition. Might get you to extra time. Might even win it in regulation time for you. You won't get a second chance. Today's the day to play in the cup tie. Well, he is on, and Motherwell are looking better for it as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen uh, Davor sort of. Uh, Easy for me to say. Yeah. So it's go on, Andrew. <laughs> go on. Yeah, yeah. Time see, see when the name started was ZD. It's not great, is it? Yeah. Strakowski. Oh, who he well, came then. off for? Have you seen his tattoo? He's got a no. tattoo on the front of his neck, just in small letters that says "Born to Win." Oh, I like that. Just, oh. just, just by itself, it's not part of a bigger piece. Just, just the three uh, letters "Born how, to how Win" do you, that you have in that. How do you no. feel about that when you get a hiding? Yeah, it's not great, is it? It's quite easy to point to if you've just been. Knocked yeah. out the league cup, or you're seventy years old. He's get here. He's got, got born to win. No, I, I, I would get born to run. He's got a good number <laughs> of scars. <laughs> I would go the boss. <laughs> Have you ever thought about getting any of your catchphrases tattooed on you, Hugh? No, no, it's a form of self mutilation. I deeply <laughs> disapprove of tattoos. Self mutilation. Yes. Anyone who has a, a great advert for tattoo what, studios what all we, over Glasgow. What do you say here, by the way? You're about to say anyone that has a tattoo, which is yeah. quite a lot. And there's of one standing the next to you. Hold on, what are you going to say here? Because <laughs> anyone who has a tattoo say. suffers from arrested mental development. <laughs> That's going to be well, offensive. Well, Cove Rangers 3-0. <laughs> <That's>, Mitch <laughs> Megan's in with offensive. the goal. <laughs> <laughs> He's also just turned to uh, producer Ross in the booth who is covered in tattoos yeah. and He's got, got his got, arms outstretched. He's got more tattoos than Popeye. Uh, <laughs> uh, David Wilson has scored for Dumbarton. one all with Forfer in that game as Hugh Keevans offends half the nation out there. More than half. half it's yeah. the... Uh, it's the the end thing now, Hugh. I repeat, boo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> He's on one day. That pastor's really gave him that energy to kick on now. Right, Hugh, let's hear that teaser again. I'm struggling with this. Oh, yeah, hard. this is a too difficult. You're normally quite good at these as well. Anybody got it yet, Andrew? Oh, just having you, a look you, now. You get a free tattoo if you can get this one. I have played alongside Barry Ferguson and Darren Huckerby. I have been managed by Ian McCall and Alex McLeish. I was initially sent on loan to the club where I would go on to make my record number of appearances. I have played European football for two separate clubs but have never scored. Who am I? You're stumping a few people on Twitter mm. here, not seeing, I'm seeing any never, correct never answers. Never scored ever, Hugh. So oh, in those European games are you uh, talking in about? The, in the European games. Oh, yeah. right, okay. I thought oh, never. Ah, you said never. Ah. I've played European football for two separate clubs but I've never scored. Never scored in Europe. Ah, yeah, right. But, so but, I'm, I'm thinking goalkeeper. Oh, right, okay. No, no, no. He was a very good goal scorer. Oh, there's a clue. Oh, come on. There is a clue. Oh. Let's go through some oh, answers on Twitter. Rico says oh, Andy Webster. Hold on. I might have a wee, <laughs> I might have a wee shout. Rico says Andy Webster. He's maybe thinking of the 
And Dave Webster thing. Was, was a fullback, wasn't he? Yeah, maybe he had the Center same confusion as, uh, as Gordon. Peter Gray says Billy Dodds. No. A couple of shouts for <laughs> Francis Chelsea. <laughs> was that exactly who you put I've not there? finished writing oh, Dodds unbelievable. yet. Unbelievable. <laughs> Great timing. Uh, a couple of shouts for Francis Jeffers. The fox in the box, no. I think maybe a few people have been confused by the wording because there's a few goalkeepers and defenders. Yeah, I mean, Bravo's going goalkeeper. Never scored in Europe. Europe. Yeah. Mm, man, we a tattoo would have read that out clearer. Well, I'm not sure about that. To be fair, not, not that the clue really gives anything oh, in terms of position on. away at all. But hold on, I'm going something else. Let's see, Dazzler. We've just said that's not the answer. Oh, did you? Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Andy Webster, the way he held that up there. Like, I was, I was the one. Andrew just oh, read that so out. Andy Webster, What's Huden. the next guest, Francis Jeffers? I've got a sweat up. Um, uh, Kelty Hearts 2 0 up on Alloa. Ross Cunningham with the goal. Oh, a red card for Alexis McAllister at Liverpool. Serious foul mm. play. Not a great start to his Liverpool career. That's what he gets for leaving Brighton. Look at Brighton. 4 1. And do you know something? I, I watched him against Manchester United and I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. I thought that's got to be a difficult game. But robbed, robbed of a, a, a penalty that we were yeah, giving him an equaliser. Yeah, then they stood down the officials for it, Hugh. Yeah. No, I've not seen any correct answers on the teaser at all. Well, we'll soldier on. Yeah, if, it, if it continues, I might, I might give a, oh, you need a, give a clue, clue later on. Yeah. That's a difficult one, this one. Anyway, oh, what did we look say? at this man here. They do come back. Queen of the South 2 and an Athletic 1. Gavin um, Riley with the goal. I'm, I'm not listening to Wednesday night. It'll be insufferable. <laughs> Tactical genius yeah. that man is. Yeah, he money at half time. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it's all about. Tactical genius. The pound land pep. You'll be in bed with that tracksuit on the night. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen him without... Uh, Livingston or a Queen of South tracksuit. Uh, have no. Every every time he comes in here, not been brushing up for the TV cameras, is it? No, he just during the week. No, he's full tracky, full tracky. MB, that's all he does. It's wearing off now. See the, the old <laughs> Ireland oh. stuff to come into studio. Apart from one guy, it's like week three. Oh, this oh, guy, this guy is obviously he's obviously got a three pack of Ralph Lauren polo shirts because he's rotating the colours and he was obviously well aware that we're not being broadcast today on the live stream either <laughs> he's, he's come in with a jammy top on <laughs> oh, that's the top of the range what does that say up there mm, uh, you've got your climbing gear in <laughs> oh the north fleet yeah Hugh that's the real McCoy yeah. Spartans 1 Elgin City 0 James Cragan with the goal for Spartans Mm. Son of who? Not Stephen Craig. Nah, I was only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Spartans will be a good one to see how they do this year. You know, a good community club. You know, been playing away at that low league level for a long time now. But it's always interesting when teams come up from the Lowland League or the Highland League I, to see how they'll compete. Well, I think Spartans will be different for the rest of the ones that have come up Kelty came up Cove obviously came up threw a lot of money at it and you know tried to get up through a division Spartans will be different don't think they will throw a lot of money they've got a, a good plan in place they're a good manager who's been there for a long time um, yeah good on them 1-0 up remember the open line is open we will speak to you soon 01419511025 Rangers fans I'm interested to know what you thought of that performance against Queen of the South today let's actually hear a bit more from Michael Beale shall we I think he's now looking ahead to PSV on Tuesday 
it's not going to be the same uh, players that play. It's not going to be the same type of game. It's going to be, the other team's going to obviously throw a lot more at us in terms of possession and, and chances that will open up spaces. Uh, it'd be a completely different type of game. Again, though, today we've had over 20 shots, and and at some stage these chances have got to become goals because otherwise you don't kill the game or you don't get the result where it needs to be, and everything becomes a little bit more tense than what it needs to be. Today's game was a carbon copy of Party Fissel or Rafe Rovers at home last year. And well, we heard from Michael Beale, there's been one of these. Goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy. Livingston 2, Air United 0 and it's a goal for the Premiership side they are in control at the Tony Macaroni Arena and they are looking good to get through to the next round Who scored? I'm still waiting confirmation You think it'll be Nubly? Montano Christian Montano yeah. There we go Much is expected from me and, and you this afternoon Rangers obviously getting through St Mirren ahead Livy now confirming that too up in Ross County You know looks like they're going to win as well so no surprises. I wouldn't go too early. St Mirren and Motherwell are still finally in the balance and we've still a substitution to be made. Well, let's go to the phones, shall we? Let's reflect on that Rangers win earlier on today. Let's speak to Matt, who's a Rangers fan in Pollock. Matt, what did you make of the performance? Shocking. Absolutely shocking. And Michael Beale needs to get a grip himself and tell the truth. He's not got the depth of squad that he thinks he's got. It was a poor, poor display today when uh, Morton got the penalty the camera on Bill Bill sitting in the dugout looking at this wee screen I thought he was trying to get super scored scoreboard <laughs> live stream I scored Dale but today next probably I think to be fair he wasn't looking at the screen it was Dougie Emery the Morton manager who was looking at the screen but when Morton got the goal Michael Bill sprang into life and got a triple substitution organised because in that instant, Michael Beale could see the headlines in the newspapers, hear the calls on Super Scoreboard, and be left with no doubt whatsoever that the Rangers fans weren't buying into all of this. The, the, the whole season long, domestically and in Europe, Rangers have gone from high to low and back to high and back down to low again. Matt, are you seeing any signs of progress or are you concerned heading into Tuesday's game? I'm very concerned and I've got asked this two football managers sitting with you could you ask them a question would they take the risk in moving Tavernier to right back into the midfield because he's a goal scorer because the, the goal we lost on Tuesday night was a disgrace Tavernier was on the penalty spot and the guy was the other side of the, the, the where he scored the goal from We hear it all the time with, with James Tavernier Matt saying moving forward Dujon Sterling came in today did he show enough that he would be a player to displace James Tavernier currently not in today's evidence certainly not um, we saw very little of him from a defensive point of view which is his strong point from an attacking point of view crossing way off it and that's James Tavernier's um, you know greatest attribute as well as his goal scoring that's all came from right back now it sounds simple you move him forward he'll score even more goals or he'll assist even more doesn't work like that, unfortunately. James Tavernier knows that position inside out. He knows where, you know, the right positions to cross it uh, from. He knows how to get in at the back post where he scores his goal the other night. So I think on today's evidence, now Sterling may come good. He may. We may see evidence when he's asked to defend that you go, yeah, he's better than Tavernier from a defensive point of view. But Tavernier often gets the blame when things go wrong. But evident, you take him out the team, the team loses a lot. Um, 
and going forward, I thought even today set pieces they missed Tavernier's delivery. So I wouldn't be in any rush to move him forward at this minute. Matt, is James Tavernier the biggest issue in that Rangers team or other maybe more pressing things for Michael Beale to look at? Whether that's, you know, maybe the, the final third and some of the attacking football we've seen? Uh, well, we hear all the time that uh, the players need to jail, we need to jail. We made eight changes today. And we've got a big important game on Tuesday night against PNV. Why didn't you know please start in 11 and let these players that he keeps saying need to jail? Well, Matt, I, I hate to break it to you, but you're agreeing with me there, um, <laughs> which isn't really a great thing for people. Um, but I made the point that I think that for that very reason, Matt, if you have all your new signings and you are trying to jail and you are so close to the PSV game, now all we're going to talk about from now until six o'clock is uh, which part of Rangers game did you not like? And it, 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 There's a negative tone to a positive result because they are in the draw tomorrow for the, the last eight. But we're going to talk about peripheral players who came in and didn't do enough with the honourable exception of Matondo and the other honourable exception was Hadji. Uh, the rest, for example, Kieran Dowell, how many times did we say he was utterly anonymous in the game? I'm with Matt and I said it at the very start of the programme, I think you grab the initiative, get your best 11 or what you believe to be your best 11 out on the park, get a positive result, a really undeniably positive result against Morton and carry the momentum into the PSB game. A couple of goals going in there. Ryan Oney, the 16-year-old at Hamilton, getting on the score sheet, putting them 2-0 up. Queen's Park 1-0 up. Away to Arbroath as well. Rory Payton on the score sheet there. But I'll go back to you, Matt, because you look at the signings, there's been a lot you know, pointed at maybe the attacking signings that Michael Beale has made. Do you have faith that they will you know, come good in time? No, because I think Celtic went to M&S to buy their players and we went to Aldi. And I, hope kept to the, I hope he's kept to the seats to send it back. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a tad harsh there. But not be there, there, are, there, are some, there are some that are taking longer than others. As I say, the goalkeeper for me is outstanding. Uh, an unqualified success so far. Um, in last season's signings, Raskin, Cantwell... We're sorely missed today uh, And that will be a big help against PSB Up front <sighs> Misfiring Sima Dessers Danilo There's no one that Fills you with confidence right now On a consistent basis Other I don't think markets it, are available <laughs> I don't think Just to say in terms, of what, in terms of what Matt is Saying there Rangers have gone out and bought players from Serie A clubs They've a, a Feyenoord striker who's scored goals for them it's, it's not as if they've you know been buying players from the Scottish Championship or anything like that they have been buying players from you know been playing at a good level yeah but I think it's pretty evident that Michael Beale doesn't know what his best combination is you know because he keeps changing it you know opening day of the season Dessers and Seema up there then Daniel comes on um, last week who did we have we had Daniel and Dessers up with Lammers in around them today we had Dessers who started the game with Lammers up there and then Daniel has to come on so he doesn't really know we've had Sima come on in flashes as well I don't think he really knows who his number one striker now we all may comment and go by the way Dessers looks off at Daniel looks your best bet but 
on what Michael Beale's putting so far, I'm not too sure. And then you even look at Daniel midweek and the miss that, that he had yeah. there. You know, so yeah, I can see why he doesn't know what his best options are at the minute because he's he's brought these players in and not one of them is really standing out and going, I'm your number one guy up front. Pick whoever else, run about me out the rest of them. He's not really got a standout option. I've not, I've not got a big problem about today in the sense. Was it a good performance? No, let's not kid on. It was a poor performance, but all credit to Dougie Emery and Martin. I thought they were excellent, the way they were lined up and the way they worked for each other. But making eight changes, it's not a problem for me because the manager's looking to the biggest game of the season so far on Tuesday night. He's thinking, I've got enough players in this squad and it's a squad rotation game now that I've got to make sure is fit at any time to come in and replace somebody that's injured or suspended. So I can totally take that on board. He believes that those players he picked today were should be good enough and should be good enough to go and comfortably beat Morton, but it didn't happen. But I have no problem whatsoever with him making eight changes with one eye on Tuesday night because that's his big game. He's protected his players, that's it. Some managers do it, some don't. I hear the argument, what Hugh's saying and Matt. Listen, there's no rights or wrong. It's how you feel as a manager and a coach, the best way to prepare your team for a big game. I think Daz is right there, Andrew. Sorry that, that he's protected his, his players. One, he's rested some of them. But I think even with his post-match comments, I've been in dressing rooms before where the managers came in and absolutely tore through the team. Gordon Strachan quite frequent with him when we didn't live up to the standards but he would go out and after the game he would say yep you know the whole, it's been a long week and oh we've, we've done this and that and kind of try to sidetrack the press but we all knew sitting in the dressing room what the real you know feeling was so I just wonder if it's that for Michael Beale because there's no way that that can be acceptable dress up whichever way you want it's a championship side Morton with four substitutes and you're going down to the last minute where Morton could have grabbed something at the end. New players have to step up, and they have to step up quickly. Matt, do you think there will be a big difference midweek with the likes of Todd Cantwell, Nicholas Raskin back in the team, John Souter potentially as well? I, I, it's up front, it's a problem. I'm 62, and the, the greatest centre-forward ever came out of Pollock, 64 goals in a season. I'm taking my boots down to Ibrox on Tuesday night and going to play up front for Rangers, because the, the strike force is terrible, man. Absolutely terrible. The money we pay for players and all this, it's the Scottish game, and you get used to it. The Daniel and Mr. Sitter Tuesday night, a tap in. The three players that we have bought have all missed Sitter's open goals. And for, to be a and he comes off the bench today and, and scores, doesn't he, Matt? Aye, but I'm saying that this, this argument and that he's saying has been a long week. Let Michael Beale come with me. My work today, a 48 hour shift for a week, and who knows how long a week it's. There's no denying that Tuesday night will bring everything into clearer perspective. Rangers went to Kilmarnock and just couldn't handle it and lost on the opening day of the league season. The Livingston game last week, Michael Beale, by his own admission, after three goals in the last 12 minutes, it looked much better than it actually had been. Today, the same old story. PSV are... A team off the back of scoring seven goals home and away against Sturmgratz. They are clearly a better PSV than the one that Rangers knocked out of Europe last season. They will put Rangers under the microscope on Tuesday in a way that few other teams will be able to do. 
And we'll know the full story about Rangers on Tuesday night Because they're going to be asked an awful lot of many hard questions And forward going players in particular Are going to have to establish a platform for Rangers in the Netherlands But it's fine lines Hugh If, if Michael Bale gets a positive result on Tuesday night Everybody will say that he got today right Although the performance Listen, we're not kidding about the performance They're in the next round of one Right, so if he gets a positive result on Tuesday night, everybody will look back and say he called it right. It's fine lines in football. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday night is a yardstick to see where Rangers yeah. have went in the last year. Because if Giovanni Van Bronckers got so much criticism and lost his job for some of the heavy beatings and performances in the Champions League, got to remember at this stage of the season, he negotiated this tie against the same side. Now, we're saying PSV have much, are a much better side now than they were last year. But why is Rangers regressed then? Why are they not a much better side with a different coach who's had two transfer windows? So that Tuesday night presents a, a place where Michael Beale can't hide anymore and say it's not my squad and we've still got time to build. Van Bronckhurst negotiated his way through the tie last year and it came with all the riches and glamour. Michael Beale has to do the same. Well, thank you to Matt. 64 goals in a season, by the way, not bad. Yeah, a decent return, Matt. Uh, return. Yeah. 64 goals in a season He could have played 300 games in that time How many, how many five or side games did he play? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone now I was going to bring him back in Hold for on you to question start, uh, uh, Hugh The teaser again because we're it's too hard Hugh. We're getting killed here Any end to get the right? Is anybody got it? I'll have a look and see Certainly last time I checked There was no correct answers right. Robbie Boyd uh, Read it out again Hugh I have played alongside Barry Ferguson And Darren Huckerby I've been managed by Ian McCall and Alec McLeish. I was initially sent on loan to the club where I would go on to make most appearances for. I played in Europe for two different teams but never scored a goal in Europe. Who am I? Robbie Boyd says Stephen Doby. No. David says Gary O'Connor. No. Declan Cassidy's gone for Stephen Thompson. Nope. A... Andy got I'm it. Not seeing, I'm not seeing any correct answers. Adam Marshall says Michael Ball. No. Patrick Walsh says John Daly. Nope. Mm. Difficult. Eh? I went no. Derek McInnes. Nope. No. Not Derek McInnes either. <sighs> got the old Dean McCall, Dundee United. Yeah. You know, one. He's played with Has Andy got it? No. Uh, I'll give you another clue is that add Gordon DL to the list of players. This player played with He's played with Oh Now you should get that eh? And Played with Mark Wilson Oh you're jo- oh, oh you should get I've that got it, I've got it oh. Who is it? Oh no 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 Yes oh, <laughs> Yes Thank you Andrew It was too easy for Mark there Thank you You're old mucker don't say no it. More ah, clues, no more clues. There we go. We God need the people at home to get it. Bennett, how did I not get that? <laughs> yeah, that was that's a tough one. Just all clicked together. Yeah. That is a tough one. I'll, I'll give you that. Incidentally, Alec McLeish, where was Alec McLeish? Hold on. Incidentally, Gordon Bennett is not the answer to the question. Yes, was... Gordon Bennett is not the answer. All right. Okay. The Barton two four for one Finlay Grey. There was also a goal for Marvin Bartley's Queen of the South as well. Yeah, there. three goals Cruz and Old Marv yeah. Halftime team talk Looking good It's pretty pretty quiet I think across the games Motherwell still trying To get back in it Against St Mirren Free kick 25 yards out It was 
Shane Blaney to take it. We know he can't hit them from there, but that one went over the bar, was poor in the end. Some substitutions taking place as well. Well, that's a beauty at this time of the, the, the cup games that you have to go all or nothing. You know, Hugh's right, they're out, so teams like Motherwell yeah. have to throw everything they've got at it. There's no point of return. Fascinating tomorrow's games. Uh, we've mentioned Celtic at Kilmarnock, but Hibs and Hearts gave us just a fabulous night in Europe. And now come the banana skins. Partick Thistle going to Tynecastle. Hibs have got Wraith Rovers who, who did for Motherwell in the Cup last season and cost Stevie Hamill his job. And Hibs seem to just go up and down, up and down, up and down under uh, Lee Johnson's management. So they were sensational, the pair of them, in Europe. And now it's banana skin time. We were close to us. When we, we went off air on Thursday, we, we were getting we were, scrutinised yes. from Gordon because we said and we fancied Hearts and Hibs to go out. And I think you're we fine. Were I think you're fine that close is you, not right. Honestly, yeah. see, when, see when the team scored against Hibs, I was texting you going, how's your <laughs> prediction then? I went, oh, Hibs have just scored. I'll leave that one. Uh, FC Edinburgh or Edinburgh City as they are again. Nil, Hamilton, three, Connor Murray. With the goal for them Stranraer have an equaliser Against Bonnie Rig Rose as well Darren Lang With the goal They've changed their name Again back to Edinburgh City Have yes. they? Uh-huh. <laughs> back to FC Edinburgh No 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 They, no. they, well, they, were, they were FC Edinburgh uh, yeah. For a couple well, of seasons And they're well, now back to Edinburgh Well hold on a minute City. You better tell whoever's on the teleprinter Yeah they've got that, that one sorted wrong. wrong It was changed again During the summer So they're now Edinburgh City They're Edinburgh City again They'll be Edinburgh Capital next week Next week Yes, I'm not sure I was ever sold on the FC Edinburgh no. rebrand. Were they trying to go a bit continental? Yeah, it's a bit La Liga, isn't it? Yeah. Well, mm. that was uh, that was an MLS side that did that, didn't they? Real Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. Not happening. Yes, it's not good, is it? No, not great. Um, Blackburn one hull one there. Aaron Connolly with a the goal. There's a red card though for, for FC, FC Edinburgh City. slash Edinburgh City. City. Second book of offence for Lee Hamilton. Well, I had the point against Hamilton, of course, that Hamilton are flying uh, this season. So, you know, John Rankin's had to go through some tough times, but he's got a side together that are sitting top of that league. They are favourites to go up. But, mm, good on him, I like John. Hard worker. Well, while there is a bit of a lull in the games, I'll tell you about this, Hugh. I'm wondering if you can guess who's voice this is they've been speaking to us about the Celtic story which is back after 20 years a a stage show with Celtic songs I'm sure something that Celtic fans will be looking forward to going along to tickets are Uh available for that we've been speaking to someone about that see if you can guess the voice Uh, my plan is to come and to see very anxious to see the Celtic story show going on at the uh, Amadillo and of course uh, primarily to be at the first event which is on the 31st of August to support the um, Celtic Charity Foundation, which will benefit from that first night. Uh, that's my main reason for being there, and I'm looking forward to it very much. I'm sure many other supporters are. Any guesses, Hugh? That man gave me the most interesting period of my journalistic life, and my journalistic life has lasted 54 years. And when Fergus McCann came over here from North America, uh, he was Celtic saviour. The Celtic story, a major part of it is Fergus McCann because the club was on its way to closure. And Fergus McCann, with hours to spare, 
save Celtic. And I remember when he came over here with what he called his prospectus. And we were asked to leave Celtic Park, Fergus McCann and I, by the previous regime. And we went outside. It's a match day. And we went outside to the Super Scoreboard Jeep, which was in the car park at Celtic. And Fergus explained his plan to save Celtic, to build a new stadium, to bring the club into the modern day. And as we spoke, the fans were going by and pounding the Radio Clyde Jeep and shouting their support for Fergus McCann. And I went home that night and I said to my wife, I've just had the, the most unbelievable, exhilarating day as a journalist. And there's this wee man called Fergus McCann and he's amazing. And on the final day, people were rushing into Celtic Park. And if you've ever seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, at the very end where people come in and throw money on a table to save a man. They were coming into Celtic Park and they were throwing down money and saying, this is from my brother in Canada. This is from my aunt in New Zealand. Globally, the fans got behind them and... About 10 o'clock that night, after being in the ground for, I think, about 13 hours, out in the car park, Brian Dempsey, the man who had brought Fergus McCann over from America, stood and said that the, the, the famous words, the battle is over, the rebels have won. And I have never seen anything like it in my life. And Fergus McCann then was as good as his word. He rebuilt Celtic Park. He gave the fans... The team, the ground and the image which had been bashed by almost going out of business. So Fergus McCann, without question, ranks alongside Brother Walford, Jockstein, Billy McNeil as the greatest Celtic people. Yeah, a huge part of the Celtic story. Here is Fergus telling us a bit more about the stage show, the Celtic story. Well, it's the whole history of the club and it goes back way back to the end and I think what's good about it is it ends with the, um, the, the foundation. Don't forget the club started in a way as a kind of a foundation uh, and uh, basically to help the dinner tables on the east end of Glasgow. So I think it's just as important uh, to be part of that and to... Uh, and I think most of us, I suppose, will want to see the show in any case because I just want to see the, the whole... I, have not, I do not see it back in 1988, of course, so I'm looking forward to being part of that and being there. Yeah, I'm sure that's something you Celtic fans out there will enjoy. We've got one of these. Goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy. Airdrieonians 2, Ross County 3, mm. Callum Gallagher with the goal from the penalty spot. His second of the day and it could be in for pretty intriguing nervy finish fin- to the game. Nervy what, finish, nervy finish you. What's Ryan Leake doing? With nervy finish. Let me just say, I was going to go and see that Celtic story, but you've wasted it for me now. I know the story. Um, <laughs> no point going along. But you're right, nervy finish. If Airdrie can just oh. put them under a little bit more pressure. No yeah. chance. That game's over. That game's over. Not in today's. There'll be millions of time added on. Mm. Met Fergus McCann one time, Hugh. Fenway yeah. Park, lucky enough to play there. Yeah. Home of the, the Boston Red Sox and... Went along and Fergus was there waving to the crowd and he came in the dressing room just before the game. And a lot of the, a lot of the players that time who the foreign players 
maybe no idea who this guy was and why the crowd, the supporters were, uh-huh. you know, bowing to this man. Um, but Do interesting you know, character. When he when he left, he put in, uh, I think, initially around about nine million pounds to keep Celtic going, and then had uh, a share issue that was astonishing. And when he had done everything, he said he would stay for five years, and he was as good as his word, and he transformed the club. And on his very last day, the game was in progress. I was in the press box for Super Scoreboard and I looked across to my left-hand side and Fergus simply got up and he walked down the stairs and went away. The game was still going on. He didn't stay for the fanfare of trumpets. He just quietly left the ground. And this was the man who had saved the club. Reminds me of me at air. It sounds like you. It does. Fergus, like you. Fergus, obviously, every game Fergus obviously done his homework and went, look the way he does the left there. Fans <laughs> loved it. Uh, Engine uh, ready. Uh, outside. Uh, he got up, he walked out in his car, boom. <laughs> it's getting a bit tasty between Clyde and Peterhead. Both players have just had a uh, player sent off there. So both down to 10 men in that game. Well, Fergus, you know, quirky little guy. He would get into a taxi and in the rear view mirror people would say Fergus McCann and they would immediately as they do here on this programme they will tell you what they think and they will not be stopped but Fergus you should say don't tack just drive <laughs> and what sort of was accent he, was that? He disguising his voice. Yeah. <laughs> from from New York. I'll disguise my voice here so they don't think I'm Fergus McCann. Sounds like Al Capone. Talk, talk. Yeah. That's the way you know, you get things done. Don't talk, just drive. I was also just <laughs> wondering as well that the Celtic fans banging on the Jeep, shouting yeah, their yeah. support for him, how did they do that and also shout abuse to you at the same time? No, no, the, uh, I hadn't quite put on the. He the, had his moustache at that time, no, <laughs> remember, <laughs> Andrew, and they recognised him. No, that was Dermot Desmond. Uh, I wasn't quite the panto villain that I am now, uh, but I'll never, ever forget that day because. When you see a club as big as Celtic coming as close to going out of business and, uh, you know, they called him the bonnet. This man arrived with his bonnet and people laughed at him. They truly laughed at him. This guy is going to save Celtic. But he did. Full-time whistles fast approaching Hugh, so let's do this first. The second half teaser With the scottishsun.co.uk Slash football For the best football news and opinion online Hold on Because of this Goal flashes <laughs> With M&D Green Pharmacy Mark Wilson said no oh. That game's over <laughs> Airtray <laughs> 3 <laughs> Ross County 3 Josh O'Connor With the goal And that one could well be heading these two, oh, these two boys to my right, oh, right. Right. silent all of a sudden, silent. We've already right, quickly ready the, the teaser. I played alongside Barry Ferguson and Darren Huckerby. I was managed by Ian McCall and Alec McLeish. I was initially sent on loan to the club where I would go on to make my record number of appearances. I played in European football for two separate clubs, but never scored a goal in Europe. Who am I? I'm Stevie Crawford Stevie Crawford of course Played with Gordon DL Played with Mark Wilson yeah. Maybe that was the clue Hold on a minute What club was he in loan to That he went on to make Record appearances Dunfermline Dunfermline Must have been Yeah 
No, he he's not the record appearance holder for them. No, no, but it's that he, he made he yeah, uh-huh. he most played, he played yeah. more for that club than any other. Anyway, I think the clue of the fact that you two both played with him then sparked something out there because yeah. people started to get it. In third place, Michael Donati. In second place on the podium, Ronnie Meldrum. But well done to I Need Your Mikey. First place, and you were quickest to get it. Tough one. Couple of tough ones in recent weeks. Stevie Crawford, a hard one, though. So, Barry Fair, Huckerbane, nah. Millwall? No. Mil- yeah, it was a, a loan spell at Millwall, Mil- I think it was, yeah. Yeah, because right. he followed Jimmy Nicholl. I was the only one at number Ferguson four, at Scotland. Yeah, Scotland, at Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Level. Okay. Yeah. Have any news from Burnout down in Paisley? <laughs> I won one yet. Motherwell pressing for this extra time. Still 1 0. Still 1 0 to St Mirren. I think we are deep into injury time in that game, as we are with all the games. So, the full time whistles will be going shortly. They are going. Down the divisions, Hamilton with a good 3-0 win over Edinburgh City. Kelty Hearts have beaten Alloa 2-1. Adam Brown has scored in injury time to make it Stenhouse Muir 2, East Fife 0. Malky Mackay will be disgusted. 3-1 up and now heading for extra time. The, the club, the most northerly club in the country. They'll be back home for midnight at this rate. Olasanya has just hit the post for St Mirren. They're pushing to... Kill that game off at the death, but it's still one nil. Yeah, sore one for Ross. Did we get added on time in Paisley? Sorry, Andrew. I'm not sure how long it was. No, of course, no VAR. I don't think in that game, so it shouldn't be as long. Depending, Um, David Friel saying, "Don't mention extra time, please." (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, we must have something on tonight. Oh Oh, dear. What about Lindsay? Yeah, Lindsay at Airdrie. He's in for a bit of a longer shift, (laughs) half an hour. Lindsay's been in here since six (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Full time at Livingston against Air United, Dave Galloway. Yeah, Livingston 2, Air United 0. Livingston took a 12th minute lead with a well crafted goal. Curtis Guthrie picked out Christian Montano, who fired in a cross to leave Joel Newbley with a simple finish. Air United responded positively. They had claims for a penalty rejected after a ball into the box. And veteran winger Aidan McGeady showed good control but failed to bother Shamal George with his efforts. At the other end, Stephen Kelly tested Robbie Mutch with a 25 yard free kick. But overall, quite a disappointing first half. And Livy, they did make a lively start after the interval, it has to be said. A neat passing move. So Joel Newblay cut the ball back for Stephen Kelly, but he shot over the bar. The visitors threatened with some lovely build up play. However, Paddy Redding's powerfully struck drive was blocked. But Livingston doubled their lead after 64 minutes. Christian Montano from close range bundling home following a through ball. And it was almost 3-0 when Anderson cut back for Montano, whose drive was deflected behind. Fraser Bryden missed a golden chance to pull a goal back late on for Air United from point-blank range. Shamal George, though, making a vital save. Overall, a good day for Livy. It's finished Livingston 2, Air United 0. It is also full-time in Paisley, St Mirren against Motherwell, David Freel. Full-time, Andrew. St Mirren won Motherwell, nil. Caelan Boyd-Munn's first ever goal for St Mirren in the St Mirren quarter-finals. The midfielder's been asked to step in for influential captain Mark Ahara. He also 
steps up the goals and Boyd Mons delivered big time for Stephen Robinson with a spectacular winner must be the goal of the round St Mirren overall deserved a win Motherwell were a lot better after the break they had some chances but paid the price for a poor first half display it's a huge win for Stephen Robinson and his players against his old club St Mirren are just now one game away from a Hamden semi-final they started really well scored what proved to be the winner in just nine minutes the ball fell to Boyd Mons 20 yards out and he found the top corner with a brilliant drive Keanu Bacchus came close to adding a second before the break but Motherwell did improve in the second half Theo Bear had a stunning volley tipped over by Zach Hemming what a save it was Connor Wilkinson also came close at the back post after a Mika Berrett cross but Simon had chances to kill the game Connor McMenon was sent through his shot was blocked Toyosa Olasanya then came on he had a shot Sabaleen Kelly he then hit the post in the dying stages Motherwell they, they tried to throw everything at St Mern, but one goal was enough for the buddies full time St Mern won Motherwell nil. They join Aberdeen and Rangers in the hat for the next round. Livingston in there as well. Still not full-time between Airdrie and Ross County. Three all. Can you see any late drama, Mark? Well, don't take my advice. I thought that game was done and dusted before. Like You've got to give huge credit to, to Airdrie because, you know, Ross County, we've already made a case for them how good they're looking. And when you go 3-1 behind um, against a Premiership side, then you bang up against it but Reese McCabe has got this side full of belief I said earlier on everything's looking good everything's on the way up for them and they've managed to well spring an upset and it looks like extra times on the cards for Lindsay unfortunately but in other games professional job by St Mirren professional job done by Livy um, over to Ross County now because that would be a huge shock if they got it yeah, remember the open line is coming up next as well. We want to hear from you. 01419511025. Rangers fans, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that performance in that 2-1 win over Morton earlier on. There is, of course, big games tomorrow as well. Edinburgh's big two who had real success, didn't they, during the week in Europe. So, of course, Kilmarnock Celtic as well as at the same time. So... Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. 01419511025 is finally full time at the Excelsior Stadium between Airdrie and Ross County. Lindsay Heron. Yeah, finished at 3-3 here. Uh, got unbelievable scenes here, Andrew. I mean, incredible. You thought Ross County were home and dry at halftime. 3-1 up, but they really didn't... Uh, particularly trouble Airdrie in the second half. They looked to be trying to manage the game out and just cruise into this last day to the competition but my goodness they were made to pay for it and it's all down to super sub Joshua Connor. he came on with about 20 minutes to go won a penalty on the left hand side of the Ross County box Jack Baldwin bringing him down and upstepped Callum, Callum Gallagher to slam the ball into the net and that gave the Diamonds new belief and then incredibly with just two minutes to go O'Connor popped up again a right foot drive from about eight yards on the right side of the box to make it 3-3 it, it all started so well for Ross County they were two up early Kyle Turner and then uh, Jordan White putting them ahead Callum Gallagher got a goal back and then Simon Murray scored just before half time to make it 3-1 Staggies and we're thinking it's all looking good for Malky Mackay's men but he can't be a very happy man down there on the touchline as he's trying to regroup his side for the extra 30 minutes which are coming up here at New Brimfield the final score here is Airdrie 3 Ross County 3 Yes, Lindsay will keep us updated with what's happening in extra time between Airdrie and Ross County. The only game to go to extra time, of course. And it's the open line up next. So get your calls in now. 0141 951 1025. After the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. 
Full time in most of today's games There is still one Going ahead though oh, Because you it almost is went there. You <laughs> almost went there <laughs> Throat wasn't good there uh, It is Airdrie 3 Ross County 3 At the end of that game So it is going to extra time Lindsay Heron is out at that game He'll keep us updated On exactly what's happening Remember we want to hear from you It's the open line 01419511025 Rangers fans Simple question for you What did you make Of that performance today Any concerns? Heading into Tuesday night's game against PSV. Maybe you're a, a Celtic fan or a Kilmarnock fan looking ahead to tomorrow's match or Hearts or Hibs fans as well after your good week that you've had so far. And of course, big games today. St Mirren fans, another win for you, St Mirren. What have you made of it all taken from it today, Hugh? First thing, I'm thinking of Malky Mackay as they go into the extra time phase of the game. Malky Mackay was a central defender to trade and he'll be offended by such a defensive display of incompetence to take 3-1 to 3-3. But that's his problem to deal with right now. Uh, Dougie Emery, he took Morton to Ibrooks. I don't care who played for Rangers. They are, compared to his squad, a multi-million pound group of players. And Dougie Emery was very close to creating a massive shock today. And that's why the Rangers fans' comments will be so interesting as we are hours away from PSV Eindhoven in the Champions League playoff. Yeah, you would expect that a lot of the interest on the phones will be mm. that Rangers performance. Yeah, I think you'll get a mixed bag, obviously. I think you'll get ones that look at what the situation was today, the amount of changes, uh, leading up, protecting his players for Tuesday night's massive game. Then you'll get the other ones that say, well, hold on a minute, like Hugh quite rightly pointed out, he put out a decent team there with, with good players that should be able to take care of Morton, no problem, uh, especially at home at Ibrooks, and it was a terrible performance. Look, they dominated the game, they dominated the possession, Michael Beale talks about this 20 shots and whatever, but I think fans look at the bigger picture, look at the... The formation, the, the the style of play, the pace of the play, the everything that Rangers do. I didn't see that today. But the most important thing is they won the game. And as I said, it's fine lines. If they won on Tuesday night and got a good result, Michael Beale will be known to say, right, that was the right decision today. Let's go to the phones. 01419511025 is the number. Jamie in Uddingston has dialed. Jamie, what were your thoughts on that today? Hi, hi, panel. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, I thought it was very flat again. Um, I thought coming off the back of the performance on Thursday night against um, Servet, maybe a bit more injection on the team. Um, sorry, waste tonight, but no, there was nothing there again. I think as well, get a point on Fashion Sakala. Um, I think Jalen Fashion Sakala and Brian Intima was a huge mistake. Um, at the time, I thought Fashion Sakala was a bit of headless chicken. With no end product, but he ran for the badge and he would run and give it his all. As I think, Sima is the same kind of player, but he doesn't run for the boat. He won't run for the badge. Um, I think Sima's a bit of a headless chicken as well. He's got the pace of Fashion Sakala, but I just don't see any potential in um, Sima at all. I know it's still early in the season, but see what your opinions are, are on Sima. There's no point in talking about Fashion Sakala or Alfredo Morelos or Scott Arfield or anybody else who left. No point whatsoever. They've gone. You have to deal with what you've got now. I suppose it's all part of the decision-making process of the summer and the, the trading that Michael Beale has done because, you know, Fashion Sakala maybe wasn't everyone's type of player, but he did 
he did pop up with goals. Yep. He did still get goals. Yes, he missed some big chances at times, but Jamie's just saying that he doesn't feel he was adequately replaced. One of the reasons why Michael Beale is going to be under pressure until he wins something is that this season's all about Michael Beale's recruitment, who Michael Beale thought would enhance Rangers. And the fans, like Jamie, are looking at what they have seen so far, and we have a very long way to go, but what they have seen so far, Jamie described it as flat again. And that's the hurdle that uh, Michael Beale has to get over. And that's why Tuesday is monumental because, it, as Gordon Dio said earlier on, and rightly, if he wins against PSV, all is forgotten temporarily. Jamie, you've taken issue with Abdallah Sima there. What have you made of the other attacking players that have been brought in by Michael Beale? Yeah, I thought at the start, um, pre-season, I thought Sam Lammers looked a great player. Um, I thought he had everything. Um, obviously he's not the fastest player But I thought on the ball technically he was very gifted um, But he's kind of disappointed as well Coming at the start of the season Obviously Kamarnock and Livingston He wasn't really much The player I saw um, in pre-season Dessel as well I think Dessel is trying way too hard um, To get his goals Maybe that's why he's not coming for him But I think not Telling Ryan Kent And obviously not bringing in any wingers um, As such Whereas you can see down the wing, Blano is down against Servette. Um, Barisic is used to Ryan Kent running down and making overlap. Um, but I just think it's missing now. So obviously Matondo today did well. Hopefully he can come into a game and inject pace into the wings. Obviously to give his final ball um, can maybe be better. But I think not bringing in any wingers um, in the summer was obviously a bit of a miss. But I just, I'm, I'm dreading um, Tuesday night against PSV I think After the performances I've seen so far I'm not hopeful Hopefully they can prove me wrong um, But I am I'm just not hopeful at all For the game When there are players To return James Tavernier Borna Barisic John Souter Todd Cantwell Nicholas Raskin is there, is there still a lack of Confidence from you there Going into Tuesday? I think Raskin Raskin on um, Midweek against the rep Outstanding performance Um He's, he's going to be a great player for us, I think. Um, we'll look at to hold on to him, I think, next season. Um, Campbell as well, done another one coming back in on uh, Tuesday night. I think he'll be. He was missed today as well um, at the start of the game. But I, I just think the wing positions are where we should have strengthened, maybe. Um, obviously, bringing in all the strikers we've got. And none are really hurt the ground running so far. Obviously, Danilo midweek missing that absolute sitter. Um, I'm just hoping they can point a game and prove us all wrong and hopefully um, Tuesday night we can see a boost and hopefully get a result Sorry Jamie uh, Cyril Dessers has been singled out by a, a few Rangers fans for his performances maybe wasn't at his best today again but finishes the game with a goal from the penalty spot and with an assist as well. Can that help him going forward? Will you know can he take something from that today? Yeah, him and Danilo. The more goals they score, the more confidence they're gonna get. I've got to be honest, looking at all the signings, look at the Rangers team, it's the one part of the team that's not impressed me is the front. I don't look at any of those new players that have come in. And I think Jamie makes a good point about Seema. I'd not seen what he brings to the table. I know he came on against Livingston last week and made a sort of a difference with a bit of pace. But apart from that, I've not seen anything that he's brought. 
Uh, it's the same Lammers. I watched him pre-season. I thought, yeah, he's got something about him. Not lived up to that. Dessers, uh, uh, the jury's still out. But what I'm going to say is, it's the old cliche. It's very early for these players. And I think we're too quick to judge sometimes. Yes, it's nothing better. When you see likes of Cantwell when they come in in January and, and Raskin, they hit the ground running. Everybody was saying two fantastic signings. Correctly so. But they were lucky. They come in and they hit the ground running. These guys haven't. But you can't just... You can't just stand in the middle of August at the beginning. Just judge these guys. Have they hit the ground running? No, they've not. Whether that's taking time to adapt to the style of play, the new players, the brandy football that Rangers play, the new manager, the new coaching, different styles. So I think we've got to give them a bit of time. But it's my if there's a question mark, it's in the front area for me. You're absolutely correct in what you say. However, the problem is that early in the season, Tuesday night... Your destiny in the Champions League is at stake. It, and the UEFA don't care that you started your season competitively on the 5th of August. Your destiny in the Champions League will be determined by Tuesday night in Glasgow and the following week in the Netherlands. So, yes, of course Gordon's right about the time that players need. But there's a hurdle coming up and it's an immovable hurdle. It's there and you better cross it or else. But I'll go back to... Daz is right, of course, but we're really quick to judge players here. But from Michael Beale's point of view, he was getting praised for doing his business early because he knew what was coming. Hugh's right. He knew he had Champions League qualifiers coming up. Okay, he didn't know when he was getting Celtic, but he knew they would have been early on in the opening months of the season. He would have known he would have had this Viaplay Cup game to deal with as well. So... You know, a lot of games compacted into a short space of time at the beginning of the season, and that's why he got his transfers in at the tail end of last season and early in the pre-season campaign. But those players just haven't haven't really clicked the way he would expect them to. But going back to the style, Jamie there talking about the wingers, and he mentioned it a number of times, that has got to be by design from Michael Beale. If you let Ryan Kent go and you let Sakala go, and you've got Scott Wright, who I don't know where Scott Wright's position at the club is at, at the minute. Um, He's been back in amongst squads. He's back in, but, he, he, was, he, was, he, was, but he was heading out the door. So he's a winger who plays a very small part. It, it seems to be that he doesn't want to think about wingers. He wants to get. He, he has win- said he does want to bring in a sort of Ryan now, Kent. Do you know what I think about? No, but that's but, what I was going to touch on. He's, he's saying that now. Surely in pre-season where you've got your plans and your recruitment plan and you're letting wingers go and you're happy to sign off in Sakala, you then think, oh, I might need a winger to come in. A bit I th- late in the day for that. I think he's been caught. I think he's been caught. Goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy. Have to stop that conversation there because there has been a goal between Airdrie and Ross County. Airdrie 3, Ross County 4. And it's a goal from Eamon Brophy, a header at the back post from a Dylan Smith cross. And Wolf County are back ahead good, in extra time. I'm just going back on to Michael Beale there quickly to finish Mark's point. I think Michael Beale's planned to play a certain way, right? I think he's planned to play the narrow three behind a striker and he's brought the personnel in for that formation. And I think he's looked at the overall picture now and thought, I need an option, I need wingers. And I think he's been caught. Right, I think he's been caught short because you do not let two wingers, out-and-out wingers, go out the building. Scott Wright 
you know has not got to play a big part so all of a sudden you leave yourself very very short in the areas maybe it wasn't his choice that Ryan Kent left though yeah, but he's always you've got to plan for that. You know mm-hmm. that Ryan Kent's yeah. going out the door. He's not re-signed his contract. It's not rocket science to know that I'm going to lose him somewhere along the line. But I think he's just played this part of saying, right, this is what formation, my width's going to come from my two full-backs, I'm going to dominate the middle of the park, and I'm going to get rotations in there off the front men. And I think he's now sat back and looked and think, maybe he needs some wingers with a bit of pace here. And I think he's been caught a bit late. Ravi Matondo, has he done enough to A, break his way into Rangers' European squad and potentially into a starting place for this week? Well, he is a prime example. There's another one, Ravi Matondo, who played very little part last season when Beal came in and looked like he was going out the door. All of a sudden now, he's been included again. And look, the, the boy can only do what he did today, is take his opportunity. And in the first half, yeah, it looked great. I mean, the boy, uh, Cameron Blues, at right back, didn't really put a challenge in, but Matondo did what he had to do. Got the ball, used his pace, went past him. Um, Rangers stopped feeding him for some reason in the second half, so he was in, uh, at the game in, in that respect, and he was taken off. But now he's he's now getting included. So, going forward, where does Matondo fit in? Is he going to be a surprise inclusion? Because... There's an obvious lack of pace across the front at Rangers, and Matondo's your one that stands out. It's an argument on Mark because Matondo's not it wasn't even European squad, right? He's now come out and said as the season started, he's brought Matondo back in to be a part of it, winger. Sima he brings on winger. He's now come out and said, I'm looking to sign a Ryan Kent winger. So that's what backs my argument up that he's. His, his game plan He's looked at the narrow three With the two wide Full backs given width And he's thinking No I need another option All of a sudden Wingers have become Important to him Thank you to Jamie Mark is a Rangers fan In Partick Mark what did you take away From that today? Well I'm not happy Obviously about the score I think uh, The team's just no gelling With a lot of Different nationalities Playing for Rangers Like They can't communicate With each other and I just don't like that as well But I think Mentondo I think if Mentondo gets a chance I think he will obviously be a good player I mean I'm not sure that is the, the key issue there, yeah. are, there are a lot of new players But many of them are very strong English speakers I don't think that's yeah. something that we can put down to As a factor It's more just the actual gelling in terms of How players work with each other And how well they know each other on the pitch Sifuentes apparently uh, doesn't have perfect English But is able to communicate uh, Celtic with a coterie of Japanese players uh, Who couldn't speak English Won a treble um, So that's not a problem Multinational teams are commonplace The problem as uh, Gordon has put it Is that Michael Beals had an idea And now he's wondering He's having second thoughts about his own idea And he's also been given cause to worry slightly about the way in which players like Danilo, Dessers and Sima have taken a bit of time to hit the ground here. And as I say, the biggest complication of all is that PSV Eindhoven stand between him, the club and the Champions League. And it doesn't matter how early in the season it is, you either beat them on aggregate or you're out. Before we go back to Mark on the line, let's get an update because it is half time of extra time between Airdrie and Ross County. There has been that goal, Lindsay Heron. 
Yes, indeed, Andrew. Um, my goodness, Ross County have got to fight their lives with this match being sent into extra time with that late strike from Josh O'Connor. The son, of course, of Hibbs legend Gary. He's on loan from Easter Road, Josh, and uh, looks a very bright prospect indeed, having won the penalty which got, the, got them back to 3-2 and then, of course, scoring to make it 3-3. And then early in the second half, sorry, the first half of extra time, County got their act together. Dylan Smith down the right-hand side, lovely ball into the penalty area. Nobody marking Eamon Brophy and he coolly headed the ball past Josh Ray to give the Staggies the advantage at half-time here. Yes, what a game that is. 3-4. Three, 3 for Airdrie, 4 for Ross County. 15 minutes to go in the second half of extra time. Looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. Let's go back to Mark on the line. A Rangers fan, you're making you know some points there, Mark. Do you have confidence that with things not clicking now, do you feel that they could do in the long run or do you not feel it's going that way? No, I don't think it's going that way. I think maybe one or two of them will click, but I think there's a few of them that don't know not suited to the Scottish game that I mean yeah, I think obviously they've got to try and maybe bring another one or two in before the window shuts I think Jake Cooper will probably come in obviously to replace Ben Davis that I mean I think he'll obviously come in Is, yeah. is centre-back an area that you think Michael Beale needs to look at is that maybe dependent on what Ben Davis's situation is. What's happened to Ben Davis actually? It's a good question. I just automatically forgot about him. Well, like my opinion on him last season, I didn't think he was a centre half that was going to progress Rangers. I thought when I seen him, he was poor. He was probably a weak link in there um, and didn't live up to his you know, tag when he came up here. But in terms of centre half just now, Golson's obviously going to play. I think Suter started excellent this season. And of course, what comes with when you mention Suter's name is his fitness, can he stay fit? If he stays fit, he plays every single week. And I think with Balogun, look on the whole, Balogun's a good player. Experience, being at the club, you know, got a bit of pace about him. If you saw him today right enough, you wouldn't have thought that against Oakley up front. But I think they're they're okay in that respect. I think there's other areas of the pitch that Michael Beale might concentrate on more than centre-half. Where specifically? Because in the centre of midfield, he's basically revamped that completely since January with the yeah. number of signings in that area. You look in the forward areas, he's done exactly the same. Yeah, well, you look at it across the pitch, he's revamped the full squad, or, or you would be led to believe it's a revamp. Players moving out and players moving in, people automatically think, oh, that it's upgrades. The players have to prove it's upgrades. And I'll, again, I'll go back to Kent, Morelos and Cholak, Cholak and Sakala you can add as well but especially Cholak being allowed to leave the building who scored quite a lot of goals for a guy who didn't have a lot of appearances to be replaced by Sima Dessers, Danilo um, they have to be upgrades and they're not showing that so far so back to Daz, where's he going to concentrate on? Maybe he needs a spark, somebody he can rely on is he going to rely on Scott Wright and Matondo to pull him out a hole this season? I very much doubt it I think if he gets someone available That the board will back him We'll be bringing in He'll go someone in that area Rather than the centre back I think this will ultimately Settle down Because I do believe that Michael Beale has A a better squad Than he had last season And I do believe that In Cantwell and Raskin uh, They uh, Along with The Tom Lawrences of this world Etc 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 This will all settle down The problem he has it's PSV. <laughs> you know, the, the, before it gets a chance to settle down, he could be out of the Champions League. 
And that's a loss of revenue It's a loss of prestige And he would rather be in it Than not be in it There's so no doubt where he's going to strengthen Because I'll tell you right now On Tuesday night Everybody could pick his goalkeeper His back four and his midfield three If he goes with three It's who's got to play up top And that's where he's going to strengthen you think Despite the numbers I, he's already brought in I think, In that area I think in Danilo, I think Lammers, Tessers and Seema Yeah I think, he, I think he's looking for an Out and out wide man that's going to open up defences, a bit of pace, a bit of trickery, someone like, as Mark says, a Ryan Kent type, on his game, on his game, may add, I think he's looking for that type of player. Um, but it'll be interesting, on Tuesday night, what front players he starts with against PSV. Well, thank you to Mark. Get your calls in 01419511025. But before the break, let me tell you about this in case you missed it earlier on because it's a good opportunity out there for many of you. You could win a team at the big Scottish golf day. You could play King Robert the Bruce at Trump Turnberry alongside Super Scoreboard as we take on Ewan Cameron and Stephen Mill from the big Scottish football show. All funds raised uh, from the event will go to Cash for Kids to improve the lives of Scottish children affected by poverty, illness, neglect or who have additional needs. You could be there. The prize includes a round of golf uh, for a team of four with tea, coffee and bacon rolls on arrival and a set two-course meal post-golf in the Champions Suite. To enter, all you need to do to make a voluntary donation as well is text GOLF to 84901. Texts are charged at the standard network rate plus your £5 donation, 100% of which will go straight to cash for kids. You may opt out from making a charitable donation. You'll need to be 18 or over to enter. Full terms and conditions can be found on our website. You're playing across the Hits Radio Network in Scotland and lines close at 4 o'clock on Saturday the 3rd of September. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Yes, get your calls in in the open line 01419511025 All the games are complete today Apart from Airdrie against Ross County It's into extra time It's still Ross County 4 Airdrie 3 About 8 minutes to go I think uh, Is there going to be any late drama? Well, Malky McCow Go off his head if there is And it involves Airdrie And it involves a penalty shootout As I say, he was a central defender to trade and as a coach, he'll be offended by the fact that his team were 3-1 up in regulation time and were pulled back to 3-all. So he'll want that. At the very least, he'll want 4-3 to stand. Here we got a late goal in regulation time. No, Can do it again? No, no, that game's yes. over, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. Half an hour ago, I said the same. I, I cannot, for the life of me, see Ross County slipping up again. You know, they've, they've let Airdrie back in a couple of times. No, I think that's job done and Ross County will be in the hat for the next round. Just seeing on the TV there, a first home game for Ange Postacoglu at Tottenham. First home competitive game for Ange Postacoglu at Tottenham. Just walking out the tunnel against Manchester United. They're going to be beating the chest soon, will he? Quite an occasion for him. What a difference walking out at Tynecastle that night. His first, was it first game in Tynecastle? Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's walking out there. Oof. Yeah, where was it? Where were they last week? They drew two two. Brentford. Brentford. Who beat Brent- Fulham three 0 away from home today? What does Brentford's ground hold? Mm. Not that many, is it? No, it's comparable not huge. to Tynecastle. So, yeah. 
Whereas he's just, he's, I just full. heard him on the mic there saying I'm here for a long stay. <laughs> here for the long stay. I used <laughs> to watch Spurs <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, I, I, love <laughs> the, the I love the, the supporters. The posters <laughs> one must get wheeled out. Something the PR department must say, listen, say you've got Celtic posters <laughs> all over your bedroom when I'll you were get, growing I'll up. I'll get yeah, them. Exactly. Oh, I love the stadium. I love the supporters. <laughs> oh, so who's on the phone? Sparrow King. Let's hear a bit from. From Dougie Emery, shall we, after that defeat at Ibrox today? Yeah, a lot of positives for sure. Um, I thought my team were terrific um, from start to finish, really proud of them. And I was just saying there to other guys, you know, a, a bad decision and a, a mistake for ourselves cost us the game. Listen, there'll be better teams come here, and that's no disrespect to my players that'll um, get battered. Um, so on that front, like I say, I thought for the 90 minutes we were brilliant. Um, at the end there, with Big George's chance, we could have. I got a 2 2 and took it to extra time, but on the main. As a manager at Morton, I'm really proud of what I seen from the guys today, especially with, if you look at the bench, four subs on the, on the bench as well. Yeah, they'll be able to take a lot from that today, Mark, Doug Emery saying as much. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, the confidence that they'll go away with, the players will be feeling high as kites. I mean, there's way to lose games, and everybody will be devastated at losing. But when they get drawn out against Rangers at Ibrox, with all these new players, unknown uh, entities, you fear the worst if you're Morton going there. If you're a Morton player, you would have thought, if we get out here with a two or a three, then we're happy. But to take Rangers to the wire and still be creating chances at the end, they've a lot to be proud of. And when they go on, they go forward in their league, they won't come up against quality um, like they face today individually. Um, so, now well done, Dougie Emery. By the way, he deserves a lot of credit because they were positive when they got the ball as well. Wasn't it just a park the bus and kick it to Oakley? They committed bodies forward and they got the rewards for it. I have still to get out of this building, passing George Bowie on the way, having <laughs> tipped Rangers to win 4 0. <laughs> and I guarantee you'll be sitting there with his Morton strip on. You'll have to come with me, Andrew. As a bodyguard. You're Terry McCann, you mind it. <laughs> well, 1041951 Robert is a Celtic fan in Hillington. Robert, what's on your mind tonight? Hello, panel. First time caller. Good to hear um, from you. I, I would just like to ask, it's a question I'm going to ask you, it's about the Rangers penalty. Now, before, before VAR had told the referee what, well, you know, what was going to happen, the referee had made a decision to let three subs go off the park. Now, for some reason, I don't know why he ran over, the referee runs over, takes the third sub by the hand and tells him to stay on. Right? Now, I don't know if there's a rule somewhere if they made the subs or whatever, but I, I would like to say, does anybody know why he was run over? Yeah, because essentially they need to stop play at that point. They can't make Rangers let uh, they can't let Rangers make any changes because essentially, whatever happens afterwards, if they need to go and make a a penalty call and it goes to a penalty, then they essentially need to have the same players on the park. I think it's just a blanket decision based on a number of different scenarios that can happen across VAR. Okay. You just don't see and, it that and, regularly. And on that decision, on that decision, yes. now we've got two referees in VAR. Uh-huh. Why do they have to go to him? Why do they not make the decision and say it's either a penalty or no penalty? It's almost as, as if they're putting but it they, back on to him. They also and, did the same for the Morton penalty as well, though. Yeah, I know they did. So why, they, why, what's, what's the use of VAR if they're not going to make decisions? Well, that, they're putting it back onto the ref. Well, that, that's the way VAR works. They recommend to the referee that he may want to have another look at it. This is this is the way it's always worked since it came Robert, in. Robert's trying very hard to come up with some elaborate plot here. 
that kept Rangers in the competition. Now, we've given Rangers... He holds a Rangers player's hand. No, Robert, you're trying very hard to come up with some elaborate plot here. That's not true. That isn't true. I mean, that's just admin at that point, really. He needs to stop the substitutions because at that point, the game then moves on once the substitutions are made. A player may have had to be sent off, uh, you know, something. That, but, that, that's essentially the big reason. Say the VAR incident was one of the Rangers players and it was a red card incident and he's allowed yeah. Rangers to substitute off three players. It then becomes complicated because he then has to send someone off who's just been Var- substituted. Do you, do you get that side of it, Robert? Yeah, yeah I get that side of it. So, so it's it just a blanket done. rule across Var- all decisions that they do it. Var did its job. No one, including Gordon DL in the studio, thought that it was a penalty when Kurt Broadfoot went down. And then, to his credit, Gordon looked at it again and noticed that Dessers had gone to ground having hurt his foot. And he hurt his foot hitting Kurt Broadfoot's foot. So, penalty given by VAR correctly. Likewise, none of us caught the fistful of Rangers jersey that the Morton defender had. VAR caught it. Penalty given justifiably. There is no plot... There is no conspiracy. Uh, VAR did its job. I, I'm, I'm, no I'm just querying a few decisions that the referee made. Yeah. Did you, did you think they were both penalties, Robert? Um, yes, look, if you go by the law, but there's a lot of times that VAR will not tell the referee about the pool. The but there's if you thought they were both penalties, what is your oh, problem? I am que- I'm not questioning. What I'm saying is, some people in the VAR studio will not have made... Um, or say to the referee You'll need to look at that If you look back to last year Celtic and Hearts The player uh, It's it's a clear penalty to Celtic The referee didn't even go to VAR Or didn't even ask VAR Or VAR didn't come to him So what's that decision all about? The thing is Every every decision is different And it's whether some are black and white Some are are down to opinion as well We're, We're arguing here about a penalty That Robert feels was a penalty uh, Yeah, I, I have to admit now being lost But what I, what I would say the, I don't know if this is the argument Robert's going down with a shirt pull Now, we didn't see anything at mm-hmm. the time yep. Even in the replay, the first replay We were kind of confused Because we just thought Balogun Kurt Broadfoot had his hand out And they lost him for a bit and Balogun missed It was only in the third time we saw it We saw a shirt pull with Kurt Broadfoot And he didn't need to do it, of course And the shirt comes out now that's going to happen an awful lot this season, Andrew. An awful lot in the penalty box. And there's, it, it's just a natural habit of defenders when you're getting close to your striker, especially in those set-piece situations, you quite often put your hand in his ears and you've got a wee... Now, if, a penalty in your if, if somebody moves and the shirt comes out, then it, of course it's going to look like a shirt pull. So, was that a penalty in your opinion? Well, I was given out because no, 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 your opinion's a penalty. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll get a new Robert on the phone here. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. why is that? What I'm saying is, against yourself, it was a penalty kick. You're essentially just saying that what I'm going to say you're is expecting it'll we, be consistent yes, across the board that's, that's, for this season. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be an awful lot of penalties if that's the standard. 
If Shirt pulls And VAR has to look at them all Then there's going to be More penalties this season Than we even seen last season Which is no bad but, thing if that's... But essentially it's good work By VAR Because yeah. you're, you're saying that You know we, we didn't notice it In the first couple of replays And then it turned out That it was it was quite a clear See shirt plays Matt's right There's got to be a lot Because it happened right In Shirt pulls But I think the difference With this one was Balogun was getting into a position Potentially he can score a goal Right And Broadfoot pulls his shirt back So as Mark, uh, he's, I know his argument, but he's saying it's a penalty. Robert's saying it's a penalty. I'm saying it's a penalty. Hugh, so we'll all agree. VAR is there to assist the referee and let him know, have a look at that. The referee looked at it and he came to the right decision. You can't argue with it. Robert, your team in action tomorrow. Do you feel that Gustav Lagerbielka should be thrown straight in? Definitely. 100%. I've, I've watched a bit of him online and, that, and I feel... Uh, He's ready. The boy's ready. He's at the right age, and I feel, I feel, I, you know, I hope he'll do well. But I feel, I feel comfortable with Celtic tomorrow for some reason. I know Command have been started really well, but I just feel, I just feel that Celtic are going every game they're going up a notch, and I feel tomorrow um, we'll show it against Command. The thing about Liga Bielka, last weekend he was playing in Sweden. He is well into the Swedish season. He is arguably fitter. Than any other Celtic player who'll be on the park in It's Kilmarnock. not just about fitness though, it's about coming into a new team that. in a new environment with players he basically doesn't know really but, that well and just being thrown yeah, yeah, into yeah. it. But I'm afraid Celtic's need is great. They yeah. do they do not have a central defender because of the problem with Carter Vickers, because of the problem with Stephen Welsh, and he's there. Now I do understand it's a baptism of fire, a cup tie in an away ground with a synthetic pitch, which incidentally he's well used to because they're all over Sweden. But Celtic need him and he doesn't have time for psychological help. He's got Rangers on the 3rd of September and the Champions League thereafter. Well, thank you to Robert. Let's go to the Excelsior Stadium because it is full time between Airdrie and Ross County, Lindsay Heron. Yeah, and the final score here, Andrew, is Airdrie 3, Ross County 4. Eamon Brophy was the man who spared County's blushes and broke the Diamonds' hearts with a clinical header to take Malky Mackay's side into the last eight. But what should have been a saunter was a slog for the Staggies as they blew a 3-1 lead to be forced into extra time. It had started so well when Kyle Turner curled in a cracking shot to put them ahead and then set up Jordan White for a second inside seven minutes. Callum Gallagher got Airdrie back in it after brilliant work from Adam Frizzell nine minutes before half-time. But County restored their two-goal advantage two minutes later when Simon Murray latched on to James Brown's long ball and fired past Josh Ray. It seemed that they tried to manage the second half instead of trying to kill off the Diamonds and they paid the price. Super sub Josh O'Connor on loan from Hibs, where his dad Gary was such a hero, won a penalty in 82 minutes when Jack Baldwin brought him down and Gallagher slotted the spot kick. Then O'Connor slammed a sensational lever in the last minute to force extra time. However, four minutes before the end of the first period, County crucially went ahead again. It was a simple goal as Dylan Smith crossed from the right and Brophy was completely unmarked as he headed past Josh Ray from six yards. A tough day for Diamonds, but a great day for Gross County in the end as they make it into the quarterfinals. The final score here in Airdrie is Airdrie 3, Ross County 4. Yes, what a game between those sides, Ross County in the hat. It could have been a lot easier, Hugh, but they got there in the end. Yeah, and that's all that will matter to Malky Mackay, although there'll be a long inquest on the bus going up the A9 uh, as to why a 3-1 lead led to extra time. Uh, but they're in the draw, 
made tomorrow at Rugby Park after the Celtic game there uh, and it's progress Let's hear a bit from Stuart Kettlewell actually I think some interesting comments following their defeat to St Mirren today I'm really annoyed and angered at the tackle that comes on to striker which by the way as a young lad we have on loan for Arsenal and we talk about protecting these creative players and all the rest of it I think that's just words sometimes I really do I think that we have to do more to try and protect them because it's a bad bad tackle he's, he's struggling uh, you know, he's, he's struggling to put weight on it um, and that would generally tell you that this is going to start to get worse through time so no um, no kind of summary of what the actual injury is just now the one thing I know is that he's, he's struggling and he has a, a, bit of, a fair bit of pain in the inside his knee yeah, he was, wasn't happy with that challenge at all I think David Freel actually said that he, he described it as one of the worst he's seen Oh, well, um, yeah, I'll take David's word for it, and happily uh, But it'd be wrong of us to not, go not da- da- David said that, Stuart Kettlewell also said that I should, I should add it wasn't David that said it himself Well anyway, uh, I'll happily take Stuart Kettlewell's <laughs> word for it But it's impossible for any of us here to comment further Because you can't comment on something that you didn't see. Yep, yep did pretty much the same as you. Uh, he sounds pretty riled up there, and if it is as bad as he makes out, then of course he's got a point. Not, not just about protecting young players, about yeah. protecting all players. Sure, Keltwell, pretty narrowed in in young players because that's his background, and it's understandable, but we've not seen it yet, Andrew. We'll see it in the highlights later on, but he's obviously upset, um, and his team's... Of course, out the cup. Yeah, and, and we wish a young lad a speedy recovery because he's had a good start to his small career last weekend and uh, obviously uh, it's went a bit sore with that injury. Hopefully, he'll be okay. Final time to get your calls in tonight 01419511025. After they play, you have your say. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line You can still get your calls in 01419511025 Plenty of action today Rangers with that early 2-1 win over Morton although quite a few Rangers fans on the phones not convinced by that performance at all there was an absolute cracker between Airdrie and Ross County Ross County with a 4-3 win in the end St Mirren beating Motherwell and Livingston coming through against Air United as well Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham on the TV against Manchester United how are they looking Mark? Well, they started brilliantly in the first about two minutes where they popped the ball through the goalkeeper all the way through the team and got you know the ball into Manchester United box Look a bit shaky after that um, but, You know He's stepping up a level here There's no doubt about it He will be punished His team will be punished for mistakes um, So they need to be brave To adapt to his way of thinking And Be good to see as the season goes on If he's got another plan You know when he comes up against the top teams Or He plays the same way as he did In the Champions League You know with Celtic Does this count as Playing against one of the top teams You'd maybe expect Manchester United To finish in the top four this season I think they will finish in the top four This season um, I think they're Doesn't look as if he's nicely. changed his plan For this game No really They look the same way They look to Do some of the same things That Celtic did um, But the pace You just look at the pace Of both teams at this level A big You know Step up in quality So be interesting to see how the season ticks away but I think the Spurs fans will be happy from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to the Tony Macaroni Arena because David Martindale's had a few things to say after their 2-0 win over air I don't think there's a lot between teams at this level I've said it like the bottom six in the Premier League and the top five in the jam I genuinely don't think there's a lot there 
delighted to be in the next round. I think cup football, yes, you want the performance, but over that you want the results. So I think when it comes to cup football, it probably comes to any game of football, you're taking the result before performance. You want both, obviously. Second half, I thought we were a lot better and we created some good chances on the counter, which I think we've got to execute better when we do get in the final third. I do think there's one for the social media. I do think the part was a wee bit sticky and it never helped the game at times a day. But again, a sticky part's good enough for Messi, it's good enough for me, so we'll leave that at that. Good enough for Messi. You, you see those quotes during the week? Yeah. Lionel Messi saying that he's more than happy playing on artificial surfaces in MLS, but... There's a sort of admission there from David Martindale that, you know, artificial surfaces, as much as they do help clubs like Livingston, he felt it, it wasn't in the best nick today. They should be outlawed. And I have uh, beat that drum for a long time. They should be outlawed at the highest level. Championship, League One, League Two, okay, let them have it for financial reasons. But the first thing he did there, David Martindale, was make sure that he made the point that oh there's not much of a gap between the bottom six and the top six and the championship just in case anyone thinks well that was a kind of ropey performance you had there so good luck to him he's in the draw and he continues to be for me a miracle worker at Livingston how he keeps him up I don't know I think he makes a good good point but what I think he was saying Hugh about and I do agree with what he said about the bottom six and the top six of the championship, there's not a great deal. I think he's talking about cup football because you're, you're not... Listen, if he went along there and got a, a, a result today, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in Livingston's history. You know, there's teams that can go in that championship. Dundee United's in the championship. You know, if, if they drew Ross County uh, in the Premier League, Dundee United might be favourites. So I think what he's saying is correct, but he'll be delighted to be in the next round. Well, let's go back to the phones. Jim is a Rangers fan in Kilmarnock. Jim, happy or not happy with what you saw today? Well, it's it's another hard watch. The footballer pains. It's a really tough watch just now. And looking at that, a lot of a lot of fans pay a lot of money to go to ball. They sacrifice a lot of things as well. And going and watching the football, I didn't. I'm not a big fan of Michael Beale, but I don't think the fans are getting value for money at Rangers just now. The the performances are very disappointing. That was another struggle today to watch. We're not coming away from the, the stadium with our tails wagging, talking about X, Y, and Z. Who all played well? They played well. We played really good football. I'm struggling to see what formation and tactics Michael Beale's playing just now. It's just it's it's a really tough watch just now. Things really need to change, and I get there's a few players just in the door, but Michael Beale's been here for nearly ten months at Rangers. He's not just in the door, so I think things need to improve quite quickly, um, especially with the tough games coming up. They're going to have to click quite soon because PSV is a massive game financially. Ross County is a tough game to go away, um, especially the way we're playing just now, and then we get PSV then Celtic again. So that's four hard games. We're going to have to hopefully come away with something. Or there's more pressure I don't know, We lost a life When we lost Against Kilmarnock And you don't get many lives As a Rangers manager So it can't continue We really need to change things quickly Yeah I mean Michael Beale has said A couple of times After the last couple of games You know it's it's been a long week But those are just going to Continue Rangers are going to have To deal with it Yeah All legitimate points there From Jim I think uh, A hard watch He says They're not going away From the stadium With their tails wagging Talking about you know, players coming and lighting up the stadium. That is a concern. The but thing yeah, is, it's I, not as if that is something that Michael Beale is trying to implement. He's not sending them out there to play, you know, 
horrible Route 1 football that's sending the fans away unhappy. He's, he's trying something that's just not working at it's the not, moment. It's not as, working as much at as he would like. Yeah. However, of course, they did still win today. But, they did still get through against Sir yeah. Ben. They did beat Livingston. But the fans are seeing these first five games... Uh, and including the two European games and that as underwhelming now Jim's making a good point there in the respect that Michael Beal hasn't come in the door along with these nine players Michael Beal's been there for a a fair length of time now and I get different players in the building maybe means a different style but you would tend to impose yourself early on and build something up over 10 months It seems like he ripped everything up For the last season And is trying something new this season Now if that doesn't work Then Jim's right You only get so many lives As Celtic and Rangers managers Before the fans say No had enough So it May take time to develop But I, I keep going back to it It needs to develop quick, Quicker than it is the, doing at the minute The most telling point that Jim makes Is that in our wee world here Michael Beale has to get a good result against PSB. Otherwise, if it's not a good result, he carries the strain into Dingwall next Saturday, 12.30 kickoff. And if anything goes wrong there, the strain increases and he's taking it to the Netherlands with him. And after the Netherlands, it's Celtic. So the next four games for Michael Beale are crucial. Crucial in the eyes of the fans. He's got to have a team. Jim says it's a hard watch. It's got to stop being a hard watch and it's got to start being a good watch with more positive performances. Jim, has that game highlighted to you anyone specifically that should or shouldn't be starting on Tuesday? I thought Matondo um, played well, but what we've got to remember is it's at a higher level we're playing on Tuesday night. Um, But I think a player like Matondo, we speed... Could maybe cause problems Because they're, they're not going to sit back The way maybe Kilmarnock or, or Livingston Or somebody would do And they come to Ibrox They're probably going to go for it So it might take a bit of space For players like Matondo um, But okay. I don't know I would pick in who I would drop But it's quite tough just now There's no money them in form Can't really ask And that's obviously starters And another few who's are obvious starters But I see at the Dessers I don't know if I'm a big fan I, I really like Cholak I was quite disappointed when we saw him. I thought he was a proper goal scorer, but I heard many fans, especially a lot amongst a lot of my friends, saying Cholak didn't fit Bill's system. I'm still struggling to see, and you know, so is a lot of other fans, struggling to see what Bill's system really is. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm, I'm the exact same. Um, I'm, I'm not taken by the style of football. I think the biggest problem for us all, I think we all fell into this trap, Michael Beale has got this reputation of being a fantastic coach. He's been in the building 10 months. Everybody thought he was coming into Scottish football to reinvent the wheel. It's certainly not happened. Because I'm with, I'm with the caller there, is it, Jim? Um, and the fact of watching Rangers, they don't excite me. Don't get me off my seat. They're, they're winning games. I still say give them time. They've got a lot of uh, work to be done. And who rounds off four games there? They could go through a patch where in four weeks, uh, four games time, he could be the best manager in the world as far as Rangers, because the results could go for him. Yep. Right, it's as easy as that, it's fine lines. But I, I do agree with the Rangers fans just now. He's not, I, I just think we were respecting too much of Michael Bell. I thought we were going to have this uh, interchanging play and fast play. I think that was Michael Bell and Mayer. But 
I'd, I'd just still say give it time there's a lot of important games coming up but I'm, I'm the exact same I don't see the formation the rotations everything that he promised so far does that make it harder for fans to get on board Mark that if they were watching something that had or looked as if it had a, a clear idea yeah. and a clear system that they could see right I, I can see what he's doing there it's maybe not just clicking because there are new players Michael Beale does seem to be changing it a lot yes he's gone for this sort of 4-3-1-2 quite a lot but then Rangers actually worked better against Livingston when they went with two wide players you then looked at it today and they played with a back three for a while which yeah. they also did against Livingston so it, it is chopping and changing is it maybe hard for fans to focus in and be like right okay I can see exactly what of he's course, doing of course like the prime example was when Postacoglu came in and he lost three his first six games but the fans could see that there was something different here at play and he was trying to work with these inverted full backs and it was maybe going to take a bit of time so they bought into that um yeah, with Rangers it's changing a lot Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a plan A and a plan B Because we've stood here before And we have had a go at managers For basically having a plan A And if plan A doesn't work Then, you know, go to uh, Whatever the same was, was it? If plan A doesn't work Make then plan A better Make plan A better, right And we're to, that's nonsense You need to have a different style of play It's just unusual to see it This early in the season You know, plan A is not working Within a couple of minutes or 45 minutes let's change it or 60 minutes let's change it five games into the season that usually comes along later so that's a concern time will tell big four games coming up for Michael Beale results are one thing but performances David Martindale just mentioned it there results are key but if you get the performances to match then everything's rosy Jim what where are your confidence levels that things can improve under Michael Beale <coughs> The only thing we've got on his side is the club just new, and you've got to remember they've moved to other countries. They've maybe not got their family, their wives, their kids here. It might be taking them a wee while to settle in than what we would like as fans. But things need to change quickly, as we were saying in the beginning of the call. You don't get many chances at Rangers or Celtic if the results don't improve. The fans will turn the pressure. You've got to remember as well, uh, James Bisgrove um, and John Bennett are in now. Um, was it Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson? It was in um, when Michael Beale. Um, was picked as a Rangers manager I don't know if it was uh, Ross Wilson and Robertson that had the, the biggest input in Beal coming here um, I don't think um, Bisgrove would stand for too many bad results but obviously we've got to give him time um, but he needs to change quickly the performances need to improve see if we'd won maybe like we had played convincing football or fast flowing football you could see players starting to kind of come on a wee bit we're not seeing them improving week after week they just they're, they're stale they don't seem to be moving forward. And Michael Beale has said himself in the last couple of weeks that he wants to have a more consistent look to his starting lineup, but he, he doesn't really seem to be any closer to knowing what no. his strongest team is. And that, as Gordon Dale has been pointing out all day, that is mainly focused on the players up front. And that's what he has to get right and quickly. Hugh, it has been an eventful day of, of Scottish football. Well, what are your main takeaways? The menu for the last eight draw tomorrow is so far Livy, Ross County, Rangers, Aberdeen, St Mirren. If there is a lesson for Celtic Hibs and Hearts who play tomorrow, take nothing for granted because Rangers had a narrow squeak 2-1 against Morton and last night Aberdeen had a narrow squeak against Sterling Albion. Take nothing for granted, you're going to have to work for your place in the draw tomorrow. 
Yeah, looking forward to those matches tomorrow. Hearts against Partick Thistle at two o'clock. Hibs against Wraith Rovers at two o'clock as well. And Kilmarnock host Celtic at three o'clock. But hopefully it's got as much action as today did. But thank you very much for all your calls today. Thank you for listening in at home. And thank you for your tweets as well. Thanks to Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL in the studio. The guys will be back on Monday night with all the reaction to this weekend's League Cup games. 